We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 Week 3. Rankings, debates, starts, sits, and the whole shebang will update the injuries. Maybe even some pickups as we talk through the positions. But who do you start? Who do you sit this week for your fantasy football lineups? You want the updated rankings? Easy. Hit the description. You can find them position by position. And, of course, we can't change them after the show is recorded on the graphic, so they will change in the actual list of the rankings. Funny how that works. You can find those up on DK Nation as well. If you don't want to use the description for whatever reason, despite the fact that you're watching it already, I want to say hello to all of our new viewers on the Game Plus Network. Thank you for bringing the Pat Mayo experience into your homes on a television. Most people just watch it on the Mayo Media Network on YouTube. So if you've not subscribed to Mayo Media Network, do that now. Smash the like and tell me how high would you rank Mike Williams this week in the wide receiver rankings? I want to know because I have him ranked pretty highly. I'm not going to lie to you. Week three is adjustment week for all of this. You want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings? It is the Pat Mayo Experience Listener's League. You can find the link down in the description. It's a private link, so you can only get it in the description of the Pat Mayo Experience videos. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you do that. And if you want all of the tools to make your own projections, super easy, runthesims.com, runthesims.com slash mayo. We'll get you a discount, the optimizer, the betting tools, the season-long tools. It's just tools, no picks. You tell the computer what you want to see. The computer gives you results. Super easy stuff. Saves you a ton of time. Jake Seeley from theathletic.com. His rankings come out at midnight on Tuesdays on theathletic.com, but he's here right now to talk about mine. What's up? <laughs> What's going on? I, I can't believe it's week three already. I know we do this every single year, but at the same time, it's like, wow, we're already moving into week three and two weeks. We're going to be like, oh, we're a third of the way through the season. It's just, it's crazy. We got to, we got through week one. I was like, you know what? I won a bunch of money on DraftKings. I won a bunch of money gambling. 
I think I won every single one of my week one matchups. I was like, this is the year for Pat Mayo. Then week two <laughs> happened, uh, and it wasn't great for me. I actually sent Chris Meaty my three screenshots. I missed, uh, I can pull it up. I missed one piece of three different parlays this weekend. Um, anytime touchdown scorer didn't get lamb. I did the Chiefs Baltimore Ravens game. Tyreek Hill destroyed that one out of seven. And then last night's game out of seven, I even bet Aaron Rodgers down to the passing line of what, 279 and still didn't hit that out of another seven. Fun. That's why parlays will get you. That that's if I just stop playing parlays, I think I would win every week betting, but I can't help myself. I'm with you. I know. I, we, we I'm do, with you on the same way. And it's always just one piece of it. Yeah, it's true. We do our best bets. That's a new show on the Pat Mayo Experience that comes out Fridays with Pizzola and Cam Stewart. Uh, we're six and zero in our gold tier bets so far this year. So that's nice. so far so good. So at least we're doing well with like the single best bet that we have. We're winning those. The rest of them, I mean, I'm not doing well with them. But the bet, the, the one I had the most money on is kind of saving me for the moment. The spread pick show with Feinberg and Cust is out on Wednesday. And if you missed the Ryder Cup show for Ryder Cup picks, if you care about golf, that is already out on the Pat Mayo Experience feed and Mayo Media Network right now. Let's talk running back jump right into it see mcsee he's number one big shocker derrick henry all the way back up to number two in the week three rankings is derrick henry watch him not score a touchdown this week and be bad again but we'll see he's back up to number two chubb eckler cook elvin kamara who i'm starting to get you know cautiously worried about uh Najee harris ezekiel elliott aaron jones chris carson at number 10 that goes into jt jonathan taylor another guy who you know it's not panic button but it's not great so far david montgomery got saquon back up to 13th at the moment deandre swift miles sanders joe mixon antonio gibson mike davis eli mitchell and tyson williams is the rest of the top 20 it really felt like after I even want to say Aaron Jones this week. Like, there's a big nine at running back, and then there's this, like, really muddled middle tier that if you told me you wanted to play Mike Davis over DeAndre Swift this week, I mean, I could get the logic behind that. I I wouldn't hate that. That's not how I have them ranked, but I understand that. Like, all these guys seem very fluid from, like, 10 to 24-ish. Yeah, I could see. Oh, I'd say 12. Uh, I know... Look, Chris Carson, honestly, at this point, the only thing worried about him is when or if he's going to get hurt. He's been terrific so far. I've actually seen some people throwing out trade ideas in the waiver column saying, like, I could get Barkley for Chris Carson. I'm like, I actually don't think you need to pay that much because I see people also trading Chris Carson for Calvin Ridley at this point and stuff like that. So I think it's what Chris Carson's always been is just stay healthy. And then Jonathan Taylor, I know you said you're starting to be concerned about it. I tweeted I, this out yesterday. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's mild concern. It's just concerned that he hasn't been good. No, I know. Like, I'm not concerned that he's going to be bad going forward, but like maybe what, what the expectation that people had about Jonathan Taylor coming into the year that he was a top five running back. Maybe he's a top 10 running back. He's not a top five running back. That would, would be sort of my contention. Sure. Sure. So, but the, what I tweeted, and I know you were saying mild concern, but I compared him to Nick Chubb when we had that whole panic thing about, oh my God, he's got six rush attempts and didn't score. So uh, yesterday I tweeted out, so goal to go situations. And then inside the five, he has the most goal to go in eight. He has the most inside the five at six. He's the only person without four more of not having a touchdown. It's just been a little bit of bad luck so far. Obviously, if there's no Carson Wentz and they have to move to Jacob Eason, you wonder if you even get some of those goal to go attempts because of the offense. But 
I still feel confident enough in the volume and that workload that he has back there and that he is the guy. Uh, if you wanted to cut off after Chris Carson, if nothing else, I think the biggest thing is I would include Chris Carson as in I feel really good about those 10. Uh, and then Taylor somewhat in the conversation. I just think it's going to come back around. My only, Again, my only concern at this point right now is not Jonathan Taylor himself. It's Carson Wentz in that offense if it's Jacob Eason. And I think that has to be factored into it, even with Carson Wentz. We've seen him two weeks with Carson Wentz, and when Carson Wentz is quarterback and you're inside the 10-yard line, they have a play that can't be stopped. Throw to Zach Pascal, and it's a touchdown every time. <laughs> I know they love Hey, he's top. He's, sec, he's tied for second in end zone targets, which we know how valuable those could be. It's I compared him, Pat, over the weekend when people were talking about it in the recap show on Monday with Meanies. I said he's basically like their version of Adam Thielen. You know, it's just when they get in the red zone, Kirk Cousins looks for Adam Thielen. He still looks for Justin Jefferson, but and you saw that with Carson Wentz. He'll still look for a tight end. He'll still look for Michael Pittman, but his first eye seems to go to Pascal. Yeah, he is... Adam Thielen, if Adam Thielen wasn't used anywhere else on the field. <laughs> exactly. Which, Pretty much, because what, what do you have, like 30 yards outside of that? Yeah, which is really tough for, for ZP if you want to get him into your lives, because if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's like really useless. No, that's why he's a wide receiver four. We'll be honest about what his situation is, even coming from the ODU hat and the Tyler Haneke jersey behind me. I mean, your, your boy Heineke is in for it. Yeah, he, he has to go into the Ralph this week. That That's going to be a tough scene, potentially. Although, I, I can't figure out if the Bills' defense is good or not because Pittsburgh's offense kind of <laughs> sucks. And then Miami, like, they held, honest to God, Miami, it, it felt like time of possession in that Bills-Dolphins game was Miami held the ball for 59 minutes of the 60 <laughs> minutes, and somehow they didn't score any points. I was, and I'm laughing because I watched that entire game because I have Dolphins fans here, plural, and here in Virginia somehow. Um, well, one of them's from Miami, but anyway, uh, so I watched that entire game. That offensive line, whew, that's that. That offensive line looked as bad as the Giants and the Jets and the Bengals and whatever. Like they, they I, Brissett almost didn't make it out of the game. Yeah, he we got hurt towards the end of it, and who would have been? Yeah. Would, would Albert Wilson have? to have played quarterback for them because he was a college I QB, think so. right? I think he's their emergency quarterback because they didn't have a third one active. We were joking about that saying because what it spilled over to is what happens because Baker left the game and it's like Case Keenum is like, well, Jarvis Landry is usually their emergency quarterback and he's not playing. So that's how we got on that whole conversation. All right, let's wrap it back to running backs right now. Saquon, I have at number 13. I was encouraged by the usage that's fair. last week. He didn't look, he, on one run, he looked like Saquon. The rest of the runs, he did not. And I can't figure out if Washington's defense is actually good or it's a bit overrated. Either way, I thought he looked fine. If he's going to start continuing to play over 80% of the snaps, get all the volume, he's back up into this conversation again. And then, once he's, and then when he's fully healthy, you know, he's going to be elevated back up into like the top seven, top eight, that kind of thing. 100%. And for people who are like, oh my God, Jake, you made me take him at 110 or whatever like that. It's like, again, I kept saying this. I said it to you. I've said it a billion times. The play there was to take him at the end of the first round for October. And then until you get to October, at least he's a flex running back. The first two weeks, that's all he's been is flex running back. It's not that exciting. You mentioned the usage. So he's up to 65.9% on the season, which is 17th highest. But the reason why he's up to that is because you just mentioned 82.8%, the third highest in week two for Saquon Barkley. Like if he's out there, even not quite a hundred percent Barkley, but he's out there that much. And he's facing the Falcons this week. I think that's a fair spot to have him. I don't see how he's not a top 15 play. And if he gets back to, I mean, if we're talking Barkley being 90% of Barkley, getting 80 plus percent of the opportunities, that's going to put him in 
this seven or eight range because if he was 100 percent barkley he'd be in the top five in that that workload to get 80 plus percent yeah there's only four running backs who had over 80 percent of the snap share i mean i I think aaron jones may have gotten it on monday evening but just before yeah i forgot to double check on jones yeah before monday night at least it was harris camara mixon and barkley that's it then it was montgomery henry dalvin cook james robinson snuck back up there too at 72 percent that could be nice for this week if they can somehow keep it within like two scores of the cardinals and that's sort of how i have him ranked i have him at number 21 this week because there's always the off chance that they just get way down in this game because they're the jags and they can't run the (laughs) ball anymore but if they can run the ball and keep it close it does seem like carlos Hyde, at least for one week got sent back to the bench and they're using james robinson again which it should be and i'm tentatively feeling somewhat positive about James Robinson, but again, that offense has been miserable, partly because of Trevor Lawrence's own play. Uh, Whatever stat you want to look at is PFF, catchable, on target, whatever it is. He looks miserable through two weeks. Uh, But again, the James Robinson use makes you feel a little bit better as him being startable. Uh, But where did you get? You had him 21? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a fair range to put him in. Do you go with James Robinson and knowing that he's going to be the lead or as you have right behind him, Kareem Hunt, who's the backup, which gets touches that are potentially high value if he scores, Jamal Williams, Damian Harris, stuff like that. I, that's the one I was going to get to, but we haven't gotten to your 20s yet of where I disagree a little bit. You can jump in. So the entire 21 to 30 range, I got James Robinson. We'll circle back to some of these guys in the later teens, but we'll throw them in as a part of this discussion. James Robinson, Kareem Hunt, Miles Gaskin. Then we got Jamal Williams, Damian Harris, Chase Edmonds, Sorny, Michelle. That is, did I not have, I think I had, no i didn't put daryl henderson Henderson. no i don't have daryl henderson in right now that's something we can talk about in a second leonard fournette Kenyon drake and javante williams i have clyde edwards alaire at 31 just screw that guy until he's good that that's my position on (laughs) on clyde edwards alaire well so yeah so we'll talk about two things then um so by the way i pulled it up aaron jones was only 68.9 percent down at 12th he was behind even Kenyon drake but it didn't matter because he's aaron jones in that offense well it's funny it's funny Um, hold on it's funny with drake let's just hit on that for a second because it looks like josh jacobs is going to miss the week again they seem committed to throwing the ball or like running the ball with Peyton Barber and throwing the ball to Kenyon Drake. That just seems to be what they yes. want to do. Like, I don't expect Kenyon Drake to get 15 carries. He might get seven catches, which is great. But Barber, I would have to think, like, if there's a first and goal from the one that they're probably handing it off to Barber. It's Barber. Oh, 100%. Uh, I mean, the, the t- people that report on the team even said that multiple areas. I'm not even just talking about just the athletic. And in that game alone, six targets for Drake, seven rush attempts. He's just their pass catching option. I, I still think so, that Drake. Yeah, not, I still think that Drake is the better fantasy option. Like if you were going to play one, right. you play Drake. Because I mean, if he scores from the eleven yard line, you just have a much bigger day than Peyton Barber's thirteen carries for twenty four no. yards and a touchdown. <laughs> it's the comparison I made last week. Is there essentially it's the Arizona Cardinals backfield? Is Drake is in the Edmonds role? No matter what, like that's just his role. And Josh Jacobs and James Connor are that types. Now, of course, I would take Jacobs over Connor. But in this situation, now you have Connor slightly above Barber, but similar role. The roles aren't changing. That's what your point is, is that what we're getting at here. Drake's role isn't changing because it's Jacobs or Barber, whoever's the lead. 
So let's, who are the guys in these mid-20s that you want to talk about? It sounded like you really wanted to make, uh, I mean, I, I feel like Sony Michelle is just misranked either way. I kind of put him there to discuss the Daryl Henderson situation. And this is sort of, of a hedge. This is sort of a hedge if Henderson ends up playing, which he might. He has these bruised ribs. It's a pain tolerance thing. I would still expect, even if he's active, Sony Michelle to probably be the lead for this week, at least until Henderson is back healthy. But if Henderson is out, how high up would you rank Michelle here? But it's against the Bucks at the same time. It's against the Bucks, exactly. And we also talk about the fact that Michelle, for two reasons, is one, he's an okay pass catcher, but they probably use Funk or maybe they bring somebody in as more as a pass catcher. Not just because of that, but also what do we know about Sonny Michelle? He has an injury risk because he's an injury risk. The, how he runs, he just runs very heavy. His knees have been an issue because of that. So I don't think they're going to be like, okay, look at McVay. He's not going to be stupid enough to be like, all right, we have no Daryl Henderson. We already know Daryl Henderson has injury concerns. Let's give 25 touches to Sonny Michelle, even against the Bucks, because you know what's going to happen? You're going to lose Sonny Michelle by the end of that game. So where you have him with no Daryl Henderson, I think it's a fair spot. I, you know, uh, the person I was going to bring up that I would rank higher is I would go Damon Harris over Williams in that split. I would still go Damon Harris over James Robinson. I know James White got that carry from the seven. That's kind of just the formation they were in. That's not going to be a commonality that we have to worry about with Damian Harris. And Ramondre Stevenson was inactive for all the people concerned about the fumble. That just tells you everything that you need to know about Harris and Stevenson. So I would push Harris higher. And then where, Michelle, you have him. You know, maybe you go for the more guaranteed touches over Williams and Edmonds and Gaskin, but I'm not going to move them up that much more if there no, is no Daryl Henderson because it's a terrible matchup. And this is a team, the Buccaneers, who have stopped basically everybody in existence except for Christian McCaffrey. I do think that Damian Harris is, it's not fool's gold by any means because he's a, you know he's a quality running back but just the fact that he played 42% of the snaps versus James White's 50% in that specific matchup and game situation against the Jets I find relatively concerning for his overall upside like why is James White in the game that much against the Jets like that doesn't seem sensible when you're up by so I think much it's just so early. like James White but if that's the I case just, then that's just... going to limit like that that's going to create a range of outcomes for Damian Harris where he's either like He'll never end up being like really, really good unless he scores multiple touchdowns. Let's say he scores a touchdown. Even so, he'll end up being like running back 15 for the week. And if he doesn't score a touchdown, like he could be like well outside the top 40. And I see your point there. And I think against the Saints, it's not something I'm too concerned about for that. It really comes down to the 45 to 50% workload is the same workload you're talking about for Mike Davis for James Robinson, for Miles Gaskin. Jamal Williams isn't even really quite there because he's the second half despite getting a lot of run in that backfield with uh, De DeAndre Swift. But that's really what comes down to, yes, the floor is lower, but I don't think he's different from any of those names. I, I mean, honestly, push him up to the Mike Davis conversation. They're going against the Giants, which, sure, but Mike Davis is getting spelled as much. He's dealing with his version of James White and Cordell Patterson. A little bit. I mean, he played... 62% of the snaps to Pat Patterson was just used every time that he was on the field and they were moving him around right. and it's good on the Falcons being like, look, if we run Mike Davis into this Tampa front, we're going to average minus four yards per carry. So let's just not do it. I think you're going to see a completely different situation. That's why I'm not like super bullish on picking up Cordero Patterson. Well, here, here, here's real quick. While I'll say Pat is you're right. So he was out there. Mike Davis was out there for more snap percentages. 
but he was out there for 11 rush plays where Damian Harris was out there for 16 rushing plays. Sure, but, 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 they did, what... but they didn't want to rush. Again, I mean, they were down in that game instantly against the Bucs, and you're just not – teams aren't going to run on Tampa all year. It's going to be like right. that. It's going to be like that situation, probably like ten years ago now. Like when Namdi Asamoa, <laughs> for when he was with the Raiders, like how can I how can I say this? He was like the best shutdown corner in the league, and then everyone just stopped throwing in his direction for like two years. Like people were just like, "No, we're not going to do it. We're just going to throw it to the other side of the field." And then he ended up like going to the Eagles, and people start throwing at at him again. It's like, oh yeah, he's not that good anymore. And like it took like he got so much cred for how good he was people just left him alone and they're like yeah we'll just throw it to the right side of the field not even have to worry about that i feel like that's what's going to happen to the bucks defense then we're going to get caught off guard in like week 15 like someone's going to run for like 200 yards against them or something <laughs> i don't think it's quite that bad i get your point here and this is coming all look I've been the Mike Davis supporter. People know this. People are already coming after me and be like, oh, so you're still so confident in Mike Davis. Oh, you're actually going to give Cordell Patterson some respect now. And again, this is, I'm, I'm with you on Mike Davis. It just comes down to Mike Davis versus Damian Harris. And it's not so much, yes, start Damian Harris over Mike Davis. I'm just saying the seven spot gap is more of the issue. Like, we'll put it this way. I would play Eli Mitchell over Mike Davis. I would play Tyson Williams over Mike Davis. That's probably where I stop. And I would play Damian Harris over Jamal Williams and James Robinson. So that puts him two spots behind. Again, that's really all it comes down to is I would have Mike Davis a little bit lower. I would have Damian Harris a little bit higher. So it almost comes very close versus you have a bigger gap. Just looking at, and this is full point PPR scoring I'm looking at, so this doesn't translate to my half point PPR rankings and where Damian. Oh, see, I'm on half too. Yeah, I'm I'm on half as well, and that's what these rankings are. But I'm just looking at uh, just I pulled it up, and the first thing that came up for the scoring for the week, they're actually back to back in full point PPR scoring. And Mike Davis had about as bad of a game as that you can have, and Damian Harris beat him by 0.1 points, and he scored a touchdown. Yeah. So if he doesn't score the touchdown, even in half point, he's losing by a ton in this situation. Like that, it was actually encouraging to me to see Mike Davis's usage in that game because it was the Cordero Patterson game he scored the two touchdowns he looked really good in the backfield but Davis played twice as many snaps as he did and he had seven catches in the game like if you're not going to run we're still going to throw you the ball Mike Davis like that's a positive sign I feel like no I completely agree with you and I, I am on Mike Davis all I'm saying is just the gap wouldn't be as bigger I'll agree the floor is probably lower on Damian Harris but that's why I would put Mike Davis still in front of Damian Harris that's all all right, I'm going to go with Mike Davis. Let's talk about the Eli Mitchell situation because no Jamichael Hasty. It looks like uh, Trey Sermon's going to be out. He did bang up his shoulder, but it appears like he's going to be okay. We got Trenton Cannon on the team. Uh, he had negative one yards last week. And they signed your boy from the Cincinnati practice squad from the XFL, Jacques Patrice, to play the running back for the San Francisco for the Nanara. Yeah, here we go. Is, is he going to touch the ball at all? Because they they could activate Carrion Johnson from the practice squad if they wanted to as well. Like, is Eli Mitchell just going to be the guy in this backfield, or is he, like, banged up enough that we should be concerned about this? No, I think we'll have to watch practice reports, but I think for all intents and purposes, if he's okay, he's he's the guy. He came back into that game. It was the guy. Well, we go through that game and look at it, and that Trey Sermon wasn't getting involved at all. Zero. Trenton Cannon was sprinkled in I think once or twice until Mitchell got hurt at the goal line we all celebrated being Mitchell people being like yes he scored the touchdown and then they called it back and it went to the one but he also got hurt so he wasn't in the game but they went to Trenton Cannon first and then they bring in Trey Sermon and as you mentioned immediately gets that neck concussion all that happening uh Jermichael Hasty sounds like he's out with a high ankle sprain for multiple weeks so now you're down to 
Eli Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell, whatever you want to call him. And then what's behind him? Trenton Cannon. What do we know about Trenton Cannon? We know Trenton Cannon. We know Trenton Cannon's a mix it up, change of pace, pass catching option. So the Jacques Patrick signing, Jacques Patrice, I got the cease in there this time. Uh, the fact he's a monster. He's 6'3, 230 plus. He is just a, a, a bull over people. Not a lot of wiggle, but who cares? You're in the San Francisco offense. But the good thing about it is, his hands aren't terrible, and he's a really good pass blocker. You should be if you're 6'3", 230. You should, I hope you can pass block. And I bring that up to say that there's a chance that you do see him active and that if something did happen to Elijah Mitchell again, or maybe he does something in practice where he's not even active this week, I think you're going to see a split in that backfield, and they have their roles. Uh, Patrick is going to be the lead power option. Trenton Cannon will you know, mix it up with him. And in that case, I might actually lean Patrick just because what do we want in this offense and what do we know running backs can get is a touchdown. And I think that he would be the lead. He would be the goal line option. And in that case, I would slightly lean him just because we know who Cannon is. So let's put Jacques Patrice into the ranking for the week trees, huh? <laughs> Where would I put him in? Like, would you rather play David Johnson or Jacques Patrick, who we don't even know if he's going to be active or not? Is this assuming he's active and Mitchell is out? No, this is assuming Mitchell is playing. Oh, if Mitchell is playing, Patrick's all the way down by, like, Carlos Hyde. I, was gonna, I mean, David Johnson's not too far off Carlos Hyde. Oh, he's not? No. <laughs> Where's David Johnson? David Johnson I have at number 43. So we're going like a tier below All right, below well, Carlos that. Hyde's at 56. All right, so yeah. Would you play Boston Scott or Jacques Patrick? I mean, at least Patrick will probably get touches. Boston Scott's been, you could Dead? cut Boston Scott. It's, yeah. all, it's all Kenneth Gainwell. All right. A.J. Dillon, who apparently isn't a thing anymore, or Jacques Patrick. Because Jamichael Hasty was I playing still, some goal, like was getting some goal line work. He was. I just don't, I, you're really going to do that to Cannon? I mean, yeah. Like, Hasty's got a little bit more power in his legs than Cannon does. I, I, I will say that. That's why Hasty was the ad before Cannon was last week. No, I, um, I understand. Like, I, I, still, I, I, I don't think that Cannon does anything. Like, he's there to like kind of play special no. teams as well. I still go Dylan. We're talking about somebody signed off the practice squad, as you mentioned, played in the XFL. I'm not. Like, we're not. The only reason Patrick is even relevant is because of the team that signed him. Like if Patrick was signed by the Bengals off their practice squad and it was like, who's the backup to Joe Mixon? And we're wondering right now if it's P. Ryan or uh, Chris Evans. If, you know, the Giants signed him, like most teams, we would be like, whatever, Patrick, we don't care. The only reason we care is because it's the 49ers. Let's make that clear. So I still go Dylan, despite the fact that they gave Kylan Hill some touches at the end of the game because Dylan struggled in that pass blocking situation. I still think it's Dylan. I know you did, didn't paint a lot of a very positive picture, and a lot of people were watching that game because it's an island game. Um, but I would still go Dylan. Uh, I would still probably like, – I see you just blanked out a spot there. I think Devontae Booker – Patrick is a fair spot. Yeah, so I'll go one spot behind. Oh, you're looking at the Google sheet in real time as I update this. Jacques Patrick. Yeah, yeah he's not in the DraftKings system, so that's going to be tough. That's going to be, uh, be be weird <laughs> for the guys who have to insert the rankings into my article, which you can find down in the description, by the way. Tyson Williams, how are you feeling about Tyson Williams? And moderately, the same as last week, is that he's L- basically Miles Gaskin. Yeah, low end number two. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, is that... Fifty percent goes to him. The other fifty percent are the other two options. And, and for then Gaskin Lamar. situation, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's the bigger thing. But on the positive side of it, 
better offensive line, better run system. And that's why I think where you have, you have Williams a few spot in front of Gaskins and that is exactly how it would go because Williams plays for the Ravens. Gaskin plays for the Dolphins. You switch their teams and you switch their rankings. Uh, very similar situations and where you have them, I'm okay with. Yeah, so let me see here. Oh, good. They, they screwed up with the opponents there, too. They have Javante Williams as a quarterback instead of listing his matchup. You know what? That's not on me, people, uh, in, in the rankings column. That's on them. I don't do this stuff. They, they put I that thought that in. was only in your Google sheet. I was going to say you have a lot of those going no, on, but I, I thought that, that was that, just your Google they, sheet. They, they were like, Pat, we don't want you to list the rankings anymore. We want you to put them in this Google sheet. It's like, all I'm doing is putting in the names in order. You figure out the rest, because I don't want to have to go through individual. Like, for now, like they, they did not figure out the rest this week. They, they did not figure out the rest is a and i was like i don't like this because when i insert someone into the rankings i have to go manually change all the numbers next to people's names like i don't want to do that why can't you just let me list them in the article themselves and then hit like the number button then it will automatically generate the numbers next to them and then it's never off so this week both jacques patrice and boston scott are both 54 because i don't want to update it (laughs) (laughs) you could also like you could tell them you could do like a v lookup with a database of all the players so that you just it's supposed to be that way jake i i all i told them was i have a list of players in the order of how i have them ranked that is all i am obligated to do that is all i want to do i have to go do shows <laughs> okay well, like here. it's like you guys get, this will make you what's that you got get barkley? barkley in the picture make yeah, you can... smile for a second she, she was walking by hi barkley say hi Barkley's not. Barkley is infatuated with you. She's got. She's got the eyes, just like my, just no, like, just, she, just like the why. Hulkster had for Miss Elizabeth, according is, to Macho King. Barkley's got eyes for Jake Seeley. Up here, she's looking at my hand. See, that's why she wants her go. treat. Uh, anyone else? Uh, you all think right. we, like? Do you have any? Do you care about the Bills' backfield at all? No, uh, Zach Moss, such a limited amount of touches, and it's the touchdowns. You talk about a floor. If he doesn't score a touchdown, nobody's talking about Zach Moss. As what you said in the preseason, I'm going to come back to that conversation you and I had. And at the time, I thought Devin Singletary was pretty much done for. And that's why I said, you know what? In the 11th round, I'll take a flyer in Zach Moss. And you said, no, I want nothing to do with him. And that was the correct answer. Yes, this is what they do. And the best running back is still Josh Allen. Yeah, and that's why. It, and, it, really, and really, that Josh Allen hasn't really gotten rolling in Josh Allen fashion in the first two weeks yet. No, do you think he's – what's going on with the Bills? Regressed? Is, is it that he's regressed, or are they just complacent so far? I think it's more that, because you still – you mentioned about that game. They, they were still efficient in that game for what they did, but Josh Allen – I, I don't know if it's complacent. I don't know if some teams figured out something of watching more film on Josh Allen from last year and said he's still making some mistakes because he looked at least through two games. And let's be honest, the Miami Dolphins matchup is not a favorable one when you look at that set of corners started leading by Xavier Howard. There's a reason why people talk about that corner and that secondary in general. And he still had a decent day on his per number basis. Of course, he wasn't throwing for 300 yards, but he also didn't throw 40 times. Uh, But what I go back to is, you know, there's been a lot of people, and I agree, he's showing some signs of his second year, not his first year, not his rookie season, but the second year where he's making a few mistakes. I think this is going to be a telling week. It's back at home. It's against Washington, who has a good front, but you can exploit their secondary a little bit. If he has a third straight game of looking like this, then we start to have maybe a little bit of panic, like a meter would be like a three or a four. Right now, it's still about a one or two for me. I'm not too concerned yet. And a lot of it has to do, too. He was called down at the half-yard line on a rush last week. He scores that rushing touchdown. All of a sudden, he's a top-ten quarterback for the week. So, you know, one play. Yeah, well, one for play, fantasy purposes. For fantasy purposes, yeah. 
I think the pass, the passing is what more people are. And that's the concern that I have so far a little bit is that he's making some mistakes through the first two weeks that he should, that he wasn't, but not shouldn't that he wasn't making last year. True. Maybe he can get it back together. I'm just trying to look. I have a huge gap between Zeke and Pollard. Although I have Pollard ranked pretty highly. I have Pollard at, Pollard at number 33. Should that gap be closer? Like should Zeke be like 13 and Pollard be like 25? I don't think so. Look, you can look at the snap share. Zeke is still way up the list. You can still look at the fact of how much work Zeke is getting. Still way up the list. I'm not concerned about Zeke. What I go to, and I, this is what I said to Meany yesterday's show, I compared Tony Pollard to Kristen Michael. Not that it's the same as in Pollard's definitely performing better and a better talent so far. Well, I mean, actually did better, pretty much better than anything Kristen Michael did. But I said it's coming from the fantasy community. And the reason I brought that up is because when I tweeted that Tony Pollard vultured the touchdown and I put a little vulture gif, I got responses of like, can you be the vulture if you're the better running back? He's not the better running back. He's a very talented backup. And why I bring up Kristen Michael is because the fantasy community jokes and they talk about how good Pollard is when Zeke goes down and how good Pollard's been when given the opportunity. And they're not wrong. But it creates this perception, and that's not the truth. The fact is, Zeke is still Zeke. Pollard is great, and he's a great option. He's one of the best backup running backs, and he has a smidge of standalone value, like Latavius Murray did when he was with the Saints. If he doesn't score a touchdown, it's going to be a frustrating standalone value because it's not going to be very high. But when he does score, you're getting an RB2. So it it's not mutually exclusive is basically the truth here. Pollard is a talented option, but I'm not concerned about Zeke. Now that we can get out and travel and take vacations, we want to celebrate some of our favorite times by turning our new memories into art. Get a professional hand-painted portrait created from any photo at truly affordable prices or combine photos of people or places you love into one painting. It's fast and you can receive your portrait in as little to two weeks. If you want to give a truly meaningful gift, You've got to try paintyourlife.com. Send any picture of yourself, your children, family, a special place, someone you love who isn't around anymore, a cherished pet, even an action shot of you or your children playing your favorite sport. It makes a perfect birthday, anniversary, or wedding gift. It's meaningful, it's personal, and it can be cherished forever. I got my stuff, it showed up, and my wife instantly put it up on the wall. It was pretty awesome, and I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was, and we got it, I was like, oh crap, Like this, this actually is something we can put on the wall, so paintyourlife.com is where you want to be, and at paintyourlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed, and right now for a limited time offer, get 20% off your painting, that's right. 20% off and free shipping to get this special offer. Text the word Mayo, M-A-Y-O, to 64,000. That's Mayo to 64,000. Text Mayo to 64,000. That's 64,000. Text that. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Terms apply. Available at paintyourlife.com slash terms. Again, Text MAYO to 64000. Want to remind everyone to hit the description, play in the Listener's League for DraftKings this week. Only 3,000 spots. It tends to fill by like Thursday afternoon, so you want to reserve your spot right now. And get 
on the mailing list. Mayo Media Network newsletter comes out two or three times a week whenever there's breaking news. Just can sent straight to your inbox. More research, more information, more pickups, everything like that. Highly recommend it. It's completely free, and we do giveaways within there. So if you like free money, go to the description, click on the link, enter your email, and boom! You're good to go. Sounds easy enough. Jake, wide receiver rankings. Before I get to the rankings themselves, I want to make this note. I have C.D. Lamb ranked at number five. I have Amari Cooper ranked at number 29. Now, the reason that I had that, I like Lamb a ton, so I'm going to keep him at number five. Cooper is so low this week because I don't know what his situation is with his rib problem, but it's not so much that because we would know that going into the game. But the problem is he plays on Monday night that we Mm -hmm. might not know what his status is before the one o'clock games start. So I have factored that situation into my rankings being like, if we don't, and right now I'm treating it like we don't know what his status is going to be. He'll be questionable. Maybe we'll find out on Saturday because that's when you usually find out about the Monday games. But as it stands right now, those that's the list of players I would just blindly play of Amari, ahead of Amare if we don't know. Now, if we get word that Amare is going to be fine, I'm not going to have him as high up as I normally would just because he's dealing with like bruised ribs. That doesn't sound fun. He might play limited snaps or not be as effective as usual, but I would move him up if I knew for sure that he was playing against the Eagles. And that the funny thing is, is yeah, that's a great way to look at it. And I was thinking you already had him there because of playing through the injury. And because I'm looking at the names in front of him, and like the safety lies with most of those options that you have in front of him. Like if you don't want to risk that he takes another shot to the ribs and exits the game early or plays 40 snaps compared to 55, or you know just can't get up for some of the passes and that type of thing. So you know if active. I don't know that he's moving much higher for me on the risk level. Obviously, Amari Cooper has top 10 ceiling any given week, but there's a lot of names in front of him. Like, if active, if we know that before we even get to Sunday, I mean, Cortland Sutton, that was probably right where I was going to, I was probably going to jam him in between Sutton and Higgins. See, I still like, I like Shepard over him especially against Atlanta. Shepard continues to be so disrespectful, and mostly because he fits Daniel Jones. Kenny Galladay doesn't fit Daniel Jones. Sterling Shepard does. I am. Um, oh, I, I, but, I you know, in I, that range is I a I wouldn't have looked at the, uh, the best ball standings that I'm in your flex league for. I'm, I'm crushing it because I took Sterling Shepard, I think, in like the last round. <laughs> yeah, and you also, what else? You ended up with two things. Oh, no, you lost one of them. You, you had the Gus. Imagine if Gus Bus didn't get hurt. You'd be destroying it. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be really good news. I think I'm in second rate. Barry's in first place, I think. It was Barry or Pat Thorman, and it's like there's three of us who are way above everyone else. Do you know why? Because drafting Kelsey in the first round really pays off. <laughs> I was actually going to look live to see if I could find a best ball. Here we go. Look at that. Click. Done. Uh, you're uh, you're in third. Yeah, Thorman, Barry, then you. And it's 331, 327, 320. So you're right on the heels. Yeah, so here we go. It's all Pat Mayo time now. When Trevor Lawrence starts throwing three touchdowns and five picks a game, I will be fine in that situation. The rankings, listen, the wide receiver rankings, you basically know what two receivers you're playing and then have to make a decision on a third unless like i was talking to a friend last week he messaged me who actually i can pull up the dm right now because he just he hit me up and like he has a Mm, sliding into your dms it's a it's a legit situation i don't want to out who it is um you know because you know i I wouldn't do that to him but at the same time (laughs) uh, he has too many good receivers is the problem and that's it's funny because you get into that situation sometimes he has Antonio Brown, Tyler Lockett, Allen Robinson, and Justin Jefferson. You can only play three of them a week. Okay. Like that's Who tough. Was the second one? Antonio, oh, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown would just be the one that I sat every single week. That's what that's what I told that. that's what I told him to. I was like, you're gonna miss some really big weeks in that situation. 
but the other three are just better. Yeah. And you should be trying to trade Antonio Brown, honestly. Yeah, but it's not. But it's also nice to have that depth too, because you don't know what's going to happen. It's it's not if you can't use it. I agree with you. It's nice to have that depth, and people always think about bye weeks and all that type of stuff. But you're telling me you can't start Antonio Brown now. Granted, coming off this week is not the time, but maybe coming off week one was the time where you can strengthen your running backs. You can strengthen your starting lineup because no, you won't find. And Antonio Brown likely to fill in for that bye week off the waiver wire. But I'm assuming if Antonio Brown's already on your bench, you have other quality options, maybe not with that ceiling. I mean, like, put it this way. You have a Waddle or even a Jacoby Myers. Their ceiling might not be Antonio Brown, but their floor from a week to week is probably a little bit better. And that's why I say I just wouldn't waste it on the bench. I had a question earlier to give you a comparison. Is Chris Carson was this guy's RB3 and his RB4 was somebody in the RB2 card, like a James Robinson, but it wasn't James Robinson. And he's like, should I trade? Because we don't have a flex. And I was like, yes, because it's nice. I hate giving up running back depth. I hate it with a passion. I hate the fact that people are trying to do two for ones right now anyway. But if you can't start Chris Carson, you know, this, but, oh, it was Miles Gaskin. If you have Miles Gaskin as a potential backup still, you're just you're not getting anything from that value where you could strengthen your starting lineup. I would agree with that. I think it depends on the situation that you find yourself in with roster construction. But I, I would think that having four good wide receivers is nice because if you have that depth at receiver, then you're never playing the waiver wire at receiver and you can almost allocate all of your bench spots for like upside running backs if you wanted to. Sure, sure. And, then, and, and then, that, that's a, and a way try, to look at and it. And then try I... to luck into it that way. Yeah, I think, again, it really depends on how your team is. You know, again, if if the drop-off on your bench is enormous, then no, because now you're talking about what you what you just said. But if you have somebody that's within the range, I mean, where you have Antonio Brown, just for kicks and giggles this week, you have him at 22. You know, if you have if you picked up Tim Patrick, I'd be more inclined to trade Antonio Brown, that type of situation. Yeah, I can see that. So the overall rankings, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup now comes in at number three. It's hard to overlook what's going on there. And if this continues to keep up, both with the cup usage and how people are playing Tampa, Stafford might throw 4,000 times in this game, and they just will never run. So good news for Cooper <laughs> Cup. Stefan Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson, Mike Williams at number nine. That was the question. Mm -hmm. Smash the likes up to the channel. Tell me where you would rank Mike Williams in half-point PPR. I got Metcalf at 10, still over Tyler Lockett uh, for the moment. You know, eventually that's going to swing back, although Tower Lockett is like Mr. September at this point. AJ Brown leading the NFL and drops. That's great. Uh, number 11, Debo at number 12, Thielen, Keenan Allen, Lockett, Allen Robinson, Brandon, too many cooks. He's another guy who's like just carrying my teams right now. Number 17, <laughs> uh, Terry McLaurin, I'm assuming is going to get matched up with Tredavious White. That's why he's down this far at number 18. It's sort of a hedge against what his overall upside could be. DJ Moore, and I think that Chris Godwin is in the best position, although of the Tampa receivers, you know, mining, manning the slot, probably never going to be matched up with Ramsey. But at the same time, like I have not been impressed by the Rams defense whatsoever so far. No, it hasn't been the, the concern it should be so far. And this will be extremely telling as well. Uh, I, I think that you could see Antonio Brown avoid either, you know, Ramsey yeah. or the rest of that second. And, and that's, that's why Brown is over Evans this week. Yeah. And you have, yeah, you have him at 22 with Evans down at 28. And it's going to be a lot of matchups with those guys. And that's why go back to the trade conversation. You had to avoid yourself having that frustration of a situation when you have three weapons like that, you know, somebody's going to, and you, we talked about it on last week's show. Tom Brady's not going to force it. He's going to find whoever's open. And if you ignore Mike Evans, you're going to score those touchdowns. So I'm good with these rankings for this week. Uh, Brandon cooks, 
you know, I have so much. We talked about this all offseason. I have Brandon Cooks and Marvin Jones too much, but I'm okay with that because I don't think you can have too much with the volume that they're getting. The only concern with Cooks now is Davis Mills is officially a quarterback. They've already even announced it as of today. Are we uh, Are we that concerned still... about that? Honestly? No, no, no. Well, so that's what I was going to say. So Davis Mills, I don't think is a – I think he is a downgrade to Tyrod, from sure. Tyrod Taylor. But I don't think it's enough that people should be panicking, and that's where I was going with it. You jumped in. I was you assuming I wasn't going to say good things about Brandon Cooks. I'm never not going to say good things about Brandon Cooks. What did I tell you in the preseason, Pat? I said you could put me at quarterback. I don't care if you're going to give me 150 targets, and that's what he's walking into, double digits almost every single week, even a four of them. What? This is exactly what I said to you in the preseason, Pat. I said if he only gets 140 targets, he only catches half of them. 70 receptions for Brandon Cooks means 1,000-plus yards, and it means five to six touchdowns at minimum. So I am okay with Brandon Cooks still being inside the top 20. It's funny because he's where he's on this team, and everyone just kind of thinks this team's sort of a joke, although you know, they are one and one. They were relatively competitive until Tyrod you know, did kind of bang up his hamstring and had to leave against the Browns when it looked like Mayfield was going to leave the game. Everyone with them in their survivor pools were like, oh, boy, this is not great news now. But – I think we forget that Brendan Cooks is actually good. Like, when he's healthy and he's playing, he's a really good receiver. I said that a bunch, too. The only time in the past five years he hasn't been a top 15 wide receiver is the year that he got hurt and played 12 games. He's been top 15 all the other years, and that includes playing with some mediocre quarterback play during that time because it doesn't matter when you're that kind of volume, and the volume is king. And Brandon Cooks, as you just mentioned, he's also a very good wide receiver. He's been thrusted. You know, for all the people that we talk about in Tony Allen Robinson's entire career, now granted, if you tell me Allen Robinson versus Brandon Cook, I'm taking Allen Robinson every single time because he's a more complete wide receiver. But when you're talking about this talent level, now you're starting to nitpick anyway. Brandon Cooks has dealt with not as bad as Allen Robinson, but similar quarterback play, but it doesn't matter because of volume. Marvin Jones, Jacksonville situation, the quarterback situation. You were talking about a terrible quarterback situation. Trevor Lawrence is bottom of the pile. He is PFF's worst graded quarterback behind Justin Fields, who hasn't even started a game, was in and out of a game with Andy Dalton last week. That's how far down he is, and it doesn't matter because Marvin Jones is getting the volume. Garyan body bagged cust on twitter today because <laughs> cust has called trevor lawrence a bust ever since the jets won that game last year and then the jets couldn't get him anymore so now trevor lawrence is a bust uh and then pff put out like uh, trevor lawrence has thrown the most uncatchable balls of any starting quarterback to which garyan replied it's only because zoom or zach just throws it to the other team they're very catchable <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Oh, that, that's a good one. I, I had similar because Emery and I were texting, and I said, you know what? Technically, he's when, when he started the game two for five with three interceptions, I, I mean, technically, he's five for five. He's completed all his passes. Just the, the, the Jets are just a good running joke at this point. It's, it's pretty fun just to watch them on a week-to-week basis. Number 21. I mean, honestly, this is, this is why I understand the people who are Jets and Mets fans and not like me, Mets and Giants, although my situation is not that much better, is like when you're that, I don't understand how you're just not a miserable human being every single day with those two teams you always think you might have hope and that is just stabbed in the chest every single year so for these rankings i have carson wentz in i have jacoby Brissett in as quarterback because we don't know for the two a tug situation so far and i have justin Fields starting i think justin fields is going to start oh absolutely uh we do have another situation on top of this though Ben Roethlisberger is dealing with a pectoral injury now on top of things is it that he doesn't have any pectoral muscles he has has little boobies <laughs> It says he has no heart. 
it's because it's always it's overreacting to everything no but seriously like say uh it's from the all the shots he was taking a peck issue that could affect this matchup for week three uh actually the quote is we'd better be ready to be adjustable that's coming from mike tomlin serious question is the steelers offense better without ben roethlisberger who appears like he has a noodle arm at this point I, so serious answer. I think it's better, but it's not better as in ceiling. I think it's better because it's more reliable. And that's what it comes down to. I don't want Mason Rudolph. Uh, he, people know that I was an apologist for Dwayne Haskins, and I don't think Dwayne Haskins is better than Ben Roethlisberger. I think getting Ben Roethlisberger out of there would just give them like, okay, we know Ben Roethlisberger could go out there and throw 45 times and have a top 10 performance, but we know a lot of leaks. Ben Roethlisberger is just toast at this point, takes a lot of shots, just can't get anything going. Mason Rudolph doesn't have that ceiling, but at least Mason Rudolph, we know what we're getting every single week. <laughs> I mean, I think that's kind of what you look at and say why it could be better because you could plan for a consistency of mediocrity versus not knowing what you're going to get with Ben Roethlisberger. So number 21, I got my guy, Jama Chase. He's another reason that I'm doing well in that league. So I, I find I, I continued to bite the bullet and kept drafting him anyway. So he's number 21. He's good. I like him. And he is their big play guy, what they drafted him for. And he's doing it so far, even if, if, you know, if he's not scoring touchdowns. I have some best ball teams that even with the Burrow, Chase, Higgins stack, it's not as great as it could have been. But because of Higgins and Chase, it's doing really well. Chase, Antonio Brown, Deontay Johnson, because of that situation right now, like I, I don't know, and he has the, this knee problem. Do we even know if he's going to play or not? Because it sounds, it sounds like the reports oh, are that, that yeah. he, he will play, but that's two weeks in a row he suffered an injury to the same knee. Remember this happened all the time last year? It's like Deontay Johnson would be great or he would just be hurt for no reason? Yep. Well, that's one of the things I actually covered in this offseason about Deontay Johnson is that the 11 games where he was healthy started and finished the game. <laughs> he was our, it was wide receiver five in points per game. Now that also throws out the one where he's benched, but even if you include the one where he's benched, including the 11 plus the 12th game where he starts and finishes and does get benched, he was still wide receiver 11. If you even want to include that, but those two games where he didn't start and finish, that's the concern. Now they said they avoided a major injury that he's fine. Just banged it up. But he was riding a lot. Uh, again, I mean, I think everybody out there has banged their knee bad enough and got that spot or even your elbow where you just feel like it's the worst and then it ends up being nothing. But I think your concern is real. When you're coupling in, he's been dealing with it two weeks in a row, kind of tweaked it a little bit. We'll call it a tweak. But also not knowing what go- what's going on with Ben Roethlisberger, you know how much I love Deontay Johnson. And yet, at the same time, I don't have a problem with your rankings. I think he'll be higher in mine. But not by much, because there's a lot of names in front of him where it's just, why would you even take that risk? And I, you, again, we're coming from probably the biggest Deontay Johnson fan that there is. I did want to make note that Curtis Samuel is eligible to start practicing after this Sunday's game against the Bills for Washington. Right. I think that he is, I, I just looked at sort of the running back list and the wide receiver list this week on waivers. You probably don't even need, if he's available in your league, don't even waste the waiver on him. You can probably pick him up as a free agent. I think you should pick him up just with the way they, they can't just throw every single pass, like, And they're not because they're throwing to like Adam Humphreys <laughs> and other losers. Like he's going to have a role in this Washington. He's going to see a ton of volume in this offense once he's healthy. I could not agree more. I've been talking to a lot of people that ask questions in the waiver columns. And if Curtis Samuel is out there, should, yes, I put him in the waiver column. Like, do not let Curtis Samuel sit out there. 
talk about what we were talking about two months ago and the excitement for Curtis Samuel being a number two in this offense, whether with Fitzpatrick or anybody else. The only reason I included, you mentioned Adam Humphreys, is because until Samuel was back, and it might only be one more week, he's essentially their version of Cole Beasley with the way that Heineke's style is different from Fitzpatrick. And that's a deep league, and that's only PPR. That's the only reason he's even mentioned, and I said that. And But the biggest thing to take away is, again, I think, I don't know what happened. I don't know if people just got frustrated that he wasn't playing and then that he is hurt and then he is on IR, but whatever happened is just remember the excitement you had for Curtis Samuel two months ago. You should still have that excitement. He's going from Carolina where he just had a great season to being the definitive number two and not the two of three with Washington. Yes, go grab Samuel if he's out there. Are we sure that J.D. McKissick isn't the number two? <laughs> no, I, but I do – I. I mentioned that last week and said that J.D. McKissick has rejuvenated James White-ish, not with the touchdown. Up, like James White's got a little bit more touchdown upside. So maybe Naheem Hines, he's got that back with Heineke at quarterback. That was the one change. I, I broke down and I said Heineke at quarterback, you know, maybe a slight tick up for Logan Thomas, maybe a slight tick down for Terry McLaurin once Samuel is back because of the downfield throwing. Maybe what if you like hedge you say like, okay, maybe they struggle a little bit more for Gibson to get opportunities, but Gibson still get, I said the biggest beneficiary is McKissick because Heineke will check down a lot more. Fitzpatrick just doesn't throw that much to a running backs. You were correct versus me on Cortland Sutton last week. I didn't listen to you. So you are smart. I am stupid. You no, are handsome. I am not attractive, but 24 you, in you the have much better clothes than I do. <laughs> uh, 24 is where I got Cortland Sutton in the rankings this week against the Jets. T. He Higgins, Marv Jones, uh, Chenault's dealing with a shoulder injury. He may or may not play, but it looks like he'll be limited either way. Sterling Shepard at 27, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Hollywood Brown at number 30. Then we'll go to 31. I got Robert Woods. He's just not He's doing stuff, but he's not doing a ton of stuff. And this really seems like it's now that I'm all in on Cooper Cup, it's definitely a Robert Woods week. So keep that in mind. Julio at 32, Michael Pittman. I would say that those are the big 33 if there ever was one. And maybe you can make your cases for other guys below this. I go Claypool, Patrick, Juju, who had a did he have a rushing touchdown? Is that what that was? Did I see that correctly? Or was it a flip yeah. or was it a yeah. flip pass forward? Yeah, thanks. He's essentially their tight end at this point. So he's number 36. <laughs> DJ Chark is 37. Devonta Smith. Jalen Waddle has been one of the most impressive rookies to me so far, although he hasn't had that like Rondell Moore. Drops. Even with the drops, like when you get the ball to him in space, he just makes guys miss. It's incredible. It is, and that's the dangerous part about him. And I actually am happy if people are overreacting to the drops just like they were with Jamar Chase because look how that worked out. Again, don't overrate drops. Uh, I think Jay, I think Jay and Waddle, I mean, the Tua situation, is that why he's down here? It's just I don't trust their quarterback. I just don't trust this offense right now, whether it's Tua, whether it is Brissett, and Fuller is likely to be back this week as well. I don't know. I know that doesn't affect Waddle's positioning. That's what they said. <laughs> they said he's back at the facility, so I assume that he's playing. Um, but the thing was, he never left the area. No, but, there, he, it, but he wasn't was at the waiting. facility. Like He went home. Like He had stuff to deal with, and now he's back like practicing. No, but his house isn't in there. In my, that's what I was, so I was reading about that. Is like the, he doesn't actually live in Miami, but he never left Miami. Oh, this is why the, this is where the speculation came from that he might not want to play football again, period. No, I, I'm not sure what's going on there, but I it's a weird situation. I, I think that he'll be back this week. We'll see what's going on. If he travels with the team to Vegas, then he's probably going to end up playing or he just really enjoys Vegas and wants to go play some crap. So I don't know. I got Tyler Boyd at number 40. <laughs> that feels so low for Tyler Boyd, but I just feel like this offense isn't good enough yet 
to sustain three like top 25 receivers and we might get there or top 30 receivers and we might get there by the end of the year it just feels like boyd is the least likely to score a touchdown of these guys he's he's pretty stable force he probably has a better floor than devonta smith or chark or patrick or waddle i just do worry about his upside especially when you have higgins and chase going around whose upsides just seem like they're so much higher uh, yeah i would agree with you for that is you know he's the one that's kind of been the third option of what the concerns were we had two months ago then everybody was concerned about chase and the drops and it's like oh maybe tyler boy's the best value and that just comes down to tyler boy's the third option and you and I, and a lot of people do, we talk about this a lot of time. It's hard to be invested in any third receiving option because for all intents and purposes, you're fourth in options period because you have to include the backfield touches. So, you know, we talk about the, the, the Buccaneers. If you could find any office that's better than that to go with the third option, and yet you still have weeks. Mike Evans was left out week one. Antonio Brown was left out week two. It's just hard to trust the third. The difference there is that they have grown. we don't always know who the third one is going to be. And in this case, Tyler Boyd is clearly the third. Yeah, and in the Bucks' offense, Gronk steals touchdowns from everyone. And because he doesn't watch film. That's all he does. He just knows he needs to score a touchdown. Yeah, he's like, I'll Did go you watch in that the on Monday night when he was talking with the Mannings? How, I saw that people were surprised that he said that, too. Like, how are you surprised by that? I mean, if anybody's going to say it, I wasn't. <laughs> like, when he said that, it, it just kind of went past me. It was like, yeah, I just asked Tom Brady who I'm matched up with and blah, blah, blah. My immediate reaction was like, man, that's, that sounds like Gronk. And that actually makes a lot of sense because if any, like, think of it this way. If you could watch your own film or you could have Tom Brady watch the film and then give you the Cliff Notes version of the only things you need to know, I'm going to take the way where Tom Brady just tells me what I need to know. Yeah, it's funny. Gronk has unlocked one of the greatest pieces of advice that I was ever told. If you're good at knowing what you don't know, find people that know about that stuff and just listen to them. That's that's really an easy way to get through life than trying to consider yourself an expert on everything. It's, it's probably some of the wisest truths you can find. By the way, I pulled up Robert Woods while we were talking just to see this. The team target percentage so far is 38 for Cooper Cup. Robert Woods is 23.6. The next closest is 12.7 for Tyler Higby. Van Jefferson is actually down by 10.9. So, you know, you're probably right in the fact like, yeah, we're all over Cooper Cup, and now it's going to be Robert Woods. But Robert Woods at 31 is still fair. I, I, I bring that up to say I wouldn't be panicking too much of the fact that Van Jefferson's on the field a lot. No, I, I'm just worried about who the number two, like in terms of raw fantasy points is going to be every single week. Cause it will sure. be Jefferson from time to time. And it will be, has Deshaun Jackson done anything yet? No, he's not even on the field. Yeah. <laughs> Sean McVay was like, yeah, maybe we should get involved more. Well, I think he had what, actually I still have it up. So he's been on the field for 17 snaps and run 10 routes through two games, but he's going to, that, that's kind of hard to but get anybody gonna, involved, but he's going to have the one game where he has the two touchdowns for 70 yards each. Like that's going to happen. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's why he's a DFS play. I'm not talking about him for seasonal. No, ever. but, but, but that I'm just talking about like the trickle down effect that we'll have. Like, it seems like cup is pretty solidified as the one he's super efficient. He's getting all the targets with Robert Woods. He's getting enough targets, but they're not like the highest. They're not the easiest targets in the world right now. And I, he is held back honestly because he's so good at blocking i honest to god believe that that he gets like tired who robert woods yeah throughout the course of the game he is one of the best blockers on the outside of setting the oh, edge of anyone in the nfl there's no question because you can see it in some of the plays where daryl henderson if he's running off tackle outside you see it like woods is just yeah he holds his own you can give a testament to the fact that the success in the run game has a lot to do with robert woods you're you're 100 right 
Yeah, I think it's just it wears them out towards the end of the game, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> like, That's it. You know, I wasn't even thinking of that angle of it. Yeah. Number 41. So let's go Corey Davis, Jacoby Myers, Rondell Moore, Robbie Anderson, Cole Beasley. I have Odell Beckham at 46. I think he's going to play this week. If he doesn't play, do you care about any of the Browns receivers? Because I, I, I wouldn't look uh, at it that it's Donovan Peoples-Jones who's playing the most snaps and running the most reps. At least that's what he did last week. Mm-hmm. It's just Baker threw the ball 21 times. Yeah, and if you look at it two through two games, Anthony Schwartz is actually top three in air yards per target, so whatever you want to make out of that. Um, but I think Schwartz and Peoples-Jones would be the top two. Higgins is officially pushed back. I think it, I helps. Just, I think it I, helps Hooper more than anyone, or Hunt. Uh, well, Hooper and Njoku, yeah, because they've kind of combined to be the number two. One of their week one was more Njoku, week two is more Hooper. Uh, so you can kind of see some similarities. Like you maybe were just getting, you know, the Vikings offense or whatever it might be. But back before the Vikings moved to three wide and realizing you can play three wide receivers. I, I don't think I'm actively trying to go and out there and start Donovan Peoples-Jones. It's week three. Do you really, against Chicago too, do you really need to go and no. get Donovan Peoples-Jones but or you, Anthony Schwartz? You, I mean, as know, a flyer off waivers, sure. You know that people love being tricky. <laughs> we need to rock around, do rock around. It's tricky. Don't. Don't do it. This is a run-first team. This is Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, if Odell Beckham's out there, Odell Beckham. If Jarvis Landry's out there, Jarvis Landry. And then everybody else. And if you hit on the one, you know what we're going to get, Pat. We're going to get, if it does happen, whoever, whether it's Schwartz or people's, the only people we're going to hear from is the one that hit. And they're going to be like, see, told you. Were you a big fan of SSX Tricky? I love that game. It was good. I lo- I was so mad that they haven't brought it back. They yeah. tried. They tried that other version. It was like, I forget. It was a one word name too. It was like slope or something stupid like that. And I went to check it out. I was like, this is nothing like what tricky used to be. The more realistic you make SSX and the more realistic you make Tony Hawk, the less fun it is. The whole reason we enjoy it is because nobody can do backflip 1800s. You know, <laughs> no, that's what I want to do because it's not realistic. I just want to have fun with it. Yeah, it was like 1080 snowboarding for N64. Game ruled. That was pretty good too. Yeah, that was like the Gen One of those games. And then they, it's like yeah. when they made NFL Blitz a bit like. I kind of like the arcade graphics of maybe I'm just old uh, for NFL Blitz. Yeah. Once like the graphics got a lot better, I was like, this kind of sucks. <laughs> the N64 Blitz version was still the best. I mean, the arcade version of Blitz was the best version, but I did enjoy that in Blitz that the computer would just actively start working against you. If even if you were playing someone else, <laughs> that if you got up by too much, it would just be turnover. Like it would make the game fairer for <laughs> that, the other team. Hey, that was the strategy. That's how I won a tournament playing it is just like hey you don't get up by too much you play it smartly it's just like nba jam you want to keep your lead but don't go too aggressive and crazy with it because the rubber band effect is coming and mario kart 64 you don't want to be a mile and a half because no, you, you know do, what's no, coming yes, you do yeah you do want to be a mile and a half ahead in in, in mario kart 64 you still do even if you get blue shell no. you're fine no no, you it's do. coming. And it's like you do. It's, it, that's the that's the rage fest of all rage fest. Blue shell, lightning, red shell, but and then all of a sudden you're seventh. 
No. You, you, you want to be out to as big of a lead in Mario Kart as possible. Maybe it's course dependent at that point, but we'll see. Well, we, we've okay, digressed. I'll give you course dependent. We, we, I'll give you course digressed dependent. a little bit. I got Mooney Tunes at 47. I have Hunter Renfro ranked the highest of the Vegas receivers right now. I have Henry, should. I have Henry Ruggs right behind him, but it's exactly to what you said about Miami's defense. Ruggs and Edwards are going to be on the outside. Renfro and Waller are going to eat against the Dolphins. And that's going to happen for most weeks. They, this is the comparison I made because it's simple. It's Cole Beasley. If you want to not like Cole Beasley on the Bills, guess what Cole Beasley does for every single year for Pat Mayo? Because he's on every single Pat Mayo team. For how long have you had him? The Bees, is, that's their version. Is He's the most reliable. He's the most consistent. And it's not even a bad floor because usually it's six for 75. And he's the one scoring double digits. Uh, it would be rugs right after him. Brian Edwards isn't even on the field enough. Uh, it's kind of a similar situation to Chenault before he got hurt. You know, those kind of situations. Christian Kirk, you know, you have to do a lot while you're out there and you're just not out there enough. Tight ends for the week. I got Kelsey, Waller, Hawkinson, Kittle, Gronk, Fant, Pitts, Logan Thomas. Those are probably the best eight. Then you have this like little mini tier of, because Andrews just hasn't been consistent. Andrews, Hooper, Higby, Jared Cook. I made these rankings before Ertz was probably going to be out because he's been placed on the COVID list. How much higher should I rank Goddard? I would go Goddard over Logan Thomas. So put him at number eight? Yeah. All right. Yes, I will do that. So I, I Pitts wa- against the Giants and Pitts in week two after Pitts is officially here already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I just worry about that offense a little bit. Although I, I played big Atlanta stacks last week and I was almost right about it, uh, but I wasn't at the same time because it was the Brady side that you really wanted. But it's just very clear yeah. that Pitts is going to be fine. Ridley's going to be fine. Just roll with it until they find their flow. By the way, you see what I just did in your document? Just collect two shells. Like, see, you can go like this. And yeah, then I don't want to have to do that. Someone else can do that, Jake. Do you want to do it for me? Here, I just did it for you. There you go. Thank you. I just added your doc for your rankings for you. Thank you. Uh, the one, uh, like, of most of these, I, I, don't, I don't really see a problem with any of them. Like, I'm I'm not digging that deep if I don't have yeah, to. Yeah, we're, we're not, we're not, we're not going to fight, you know, do you have Tyler Conklin ranked ahead of Max Williams? It's like, well, you're not playing no, them anyways. No. Who cares? <laughs> no, no. I was going to say, the only one I was going to bring up was, like, I'm not giving up on Cole Komet after one week, especially now that Justin Fields is at quarterback. Um but yeah, hopefully you don't have to dig this deep. Although I did come mini stamp of approval, which probably means nothing to you, Pat, but I called Pat Air Fryermouth. So there you go. Oh, I've just been calling Can him. I get a, I've just been calling him Firemouth because it's very aggressive. Firemouth? So you're going to go with Yeah, I don't get a thumbs up from you on Air Fryermouth. It's okay. It's no. the it's the Air Fryer <laughs> of nicknames. <laughs> so it's overrated because people don't realize we've had it forever. No, it's just that like air fryer fries aren't bad, but they're no deep fried fries. No, but what I, exactly? Because that's what I was saying to Mini. An air fryer is not a new thing. It's just a toaster oven, but it's got this catchy new name because people think air fryer is healthy. It doesn't actually fry. It's a convection system, which is a toaster oven, which has been around for a hundred years. Sure. But I'm saying that your nickname is the air fryer of nicknames. It's like that's what I said. It's yeah, like it's, I'm it's Pat Mayo. It's like I'm Pat Mayo, and you're Light Mayo. When it comes to nicknames, <laughs> when it comes to rankings, it's the opposite. <laughs> I'm not Hellman's. I'm that like that other version. Yeah, that, you, like you're, you're the what? kind at Subway that doesn't have like miracle a bunch whip, of, bunch of sugar in it, but it has like something we don't even know in it. But it has like fewer <laughs> calories. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> 
quarterbacks for uh, the week. Quarterbacks. I, I had some fun with my quarterback rankings here. Maybe maybe you can get mad about these ones. I got Kyler at number one. I got Lemar at number two. I have Jalen Hurts at number three against the Cowboys. Just I'm I'm going for it. Hurts scored a rushing touchdown last week. Philly scored 11 points and he wasn't all that good and finished with like 22 fantasy points. Like this guy is just going to pile up fantasy points every single week. Like get used to it. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Dak, Herbert, Allen, Russ, Buss, Wilson, Matt Stafford at number 10. That's into your boy, Daniel Jones, number 11 against Atlanta Burrow, Derek Carr. I'm finally doing it. Now it's, he's going to be awful this week. Teddy B, Kirk Cousins, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers against San Francisco. I don't like that. Sam Darnold, Ryan Tannehill. I just think there's a lot of running in that game for Derrick Henry. Less throwing than you'd think. Justin Fields at 19, Jameis Winston at 20, and then the rest of the guys that you don't want to play, I bet. Yeah, so there will be two. Uh, I, I don't like the Aaron, Aaron Rodgers situation, but there's no way I would go that far with him. But I, I, I mean, I get it. I'm just not going to go that far with him, especially Joe Burrow against Pittsburgh. With how Joe Burrow's looked so far, yeah. But are you re- uh, are you like yes? Pittsburgh's D looked awesome. I mean, it's this. I'm going by what the reports and health statuses was of Pittsburgh's defense last week. When you have no Hayden and you have no Bush and you don't know if Watt is playing, like their defense isn't good anymore. And but, you know what? It but it's still not a favorable matchup. And so from Pat, uh, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I think it's Deaner. Uh, covers the Bengals for us. And he wrote about the Joe Burrow situation and said the Bengals offense has been conservative. And the reason it's been conservative is partly it's speculation, but it's bad that they're still not ready to unleash him because of the injury and, you know, three snaps or whatever it was in preseason. They're calling a ton of runs. They're not running a lot of play action off the runs, even though they should be. It's kind of similar to the Tennessee situation, which flipped back last week, thankfully. But it's just they're not letting Joe Burrow be what Joe Burrow could be. So. I would go Aaron Rodgers over Joe Burrow every single time. Uh, I'm not even that upset about the Derek Carr ranking, although that does kind of feel like re- as soon as we're ready to trust Derek Carr, yeah. he's going to bite us in the ass. And the, tu- the, and the, and the, the biggest and, issue well, hold on, I have hold on, here. Hold on. The touchdowns still haven't been there for him either, which is weird. Like he has all the yardage, no touchdowns. You would figure for those. For Carr? Would, yeah, for Carr. But you figure they would yeah. come, but maybe that's. They, Gruden just likes to run when they get in close. Uh, well, he, yeah, he's got the most pass attempts so far, which uh, is break, crazy. Breaking news, uh, as we're recording this right now, Jarvis Landry placed on injured reserve. Does that mean he's out three weeks or six weeks? Because I can't figure out these new IR rules. I I would love to say I know and be like, <laughs> oh, look at me. But I, I think that's the biggest issue is nobody knows. <laughs> nobody ever knows if it's three or six or half the season or when the designation, because there's like three different versions of IR now. Anyway, he's on. So, I, it's, at, it's, at it's not specified. Three. Yeah, at minimum three weeks, he's out. We knew he was week to week anyway, so maybe Peoples Jones is yeah, a pickup. We were ready for that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go back to the reason you just lauded Jalen Hurts is the reason Justin Fields is way too low. There's uh, no question. Go it's ahead. it's his first start, and I'm Don't willing care. to be wrong week the first time he's out. Is all I'm saying. Don't care. Uh, Justin Fields is going to run just like Jalen Hurts. Justin Fields, even if he looks as bad as he did as a passer, let's go to Jalen Hurts last year. And what was Jalen Hurts doing? Having top 10, top five quarterback finishes. Had two games that people forget that he threw for 300 yards, despite looking miserable at times. And let's be real. I am not saying Justin Fields should not have thrown that interception. He doesn't always, he admittedly doesn't always see the pressure coming in in the pocket, but he is going to run and he's going to run and he's going to run. So, um, I would go over Kirk Cousins. Uh, 
I, you know, Teddy Bridgewater has been looking really good so far, especially with the air yards in Cortland Sutton, as you talked about before. But it's just a rushing upset. Put it this way. Daniel Jones, Justin Fields rushing. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, I don't want to put him up. The problem is I don't want to put Justin Fields over Derek Carr. But I do want to put him over Joe Burrow. So that's what it comes down to in your rankings. Like, if it's my team, call me crazy. I have Joe Burrow in a ton of places. I mentioned my best ball team. I thought Joe Burrow would be in contention to lead the league in pass attempts. He has a lot of catching up to do. I jokingly said this in my column. I said, even if you gave Joe Burrow a third game versus everybody else only playing two, he would still only be third in pass attempts. But if I had the option to have Justin Fields versus Burrow, I'm starting Fields. All right, let's do it. I'm, I'm going to trust you. You're the accurate ranker in this. The rankings will now go Stafford. Jones. <laughs> That's what you said. I'll be happy to be wrong. Yeah, for sure. Listen, I, I, I'm here for upside, so let's do it. Let's, let's have some fun with this. You fix those cells for me to make the rankings better. Uh, <laughs> They'll Dan- all drag down the cells. <laughs> da- Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, Justin Fields, Joe Burrow, Teddy Bridgewater. That will be 11 through 15 now in the rankings. I'm playing them all over Aaron Rodgers. How about that? I'm sticking with my Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Don't play him this week. So, you know, it, it'll only be Aaron like, Rodgers stinks. It'll be like 111 yards, but seven touchdowns. He'll have the Jameis week one week somehow. Jameis is. By the se- way, I know he's got the flowing hair. But Aaron Rodgers, one, is that felt like a hell lot of growth of hair in one offseason. And two, did his face wrinkle? Did he age like 10 years this offseason? Here's the thing. When you're under those studio lights on Jeopardy, like I used to look so young, Jake. And then, you know, studio <laughs> lights. There's just lights in my face for like six hours a day. It just melts your face. It happens. <laughs> is that what it is? So should I just, before it starts happening to me, should I get rid of these lights and just do it in like the veil of darkness? Remember when you did do it in the darkness when your power was out that time? I do remember that. I was on my back patio because my house was too I was sitting back there outside on my phone just trying to get enough light for you to see me. Let's do defenses very quickly. Committed to the cause, Pat. Gotta be. Gotta be do it. Broncos, number one against the Jets. Panthers on Thursday night against Detective David Mill, Davis Mills from seven. Then you got the Cardinals, Patriots, Steelers, Ravens, Bills, Raiders, Browns, Falcons, even though I have Daniel Jones ranked highly, part and parcel is that the Falcons defense should generate some turnovers. Titans, Bengals, Saints, Giants, 49ers, Rams, and Bucks. Yeah, I'm trying to see. These are nice, nice looking rankings. Oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I honestly, I can't even really feel like there's nothing in here where I'm like, yeah, that's terrible. Because even to go back to the Browns. Justin Fields, well, it's similar to the Jalen Jones thing. Sure, he can run. Sure, there's a ton of upside. But guess what? You could actually have a team yourself where you start Justin Fields and the Browns defense, and it comes – again, I don't ever want to start my own defense against my own quarterback, but that's one of the things. You can have them both do well despite, you know, the other the, – the, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Matchup? That's not the word I'm looking for, but you get my point. No, you can almost think of it as if Fields is just – I mean, he ends up getting benched for a semi-healthy Dalton if he throws three picks or something. But if he throws, like, two pick sixes, it's the old Jameis thing. Like, starting Jameis the year he went off versus the defense that was playing was, like, double points because he'd throw touchdowns to his team, then their team, then his team. He just always had the ball. It was great. <laughs> You're just getting touchdowns everywhere. You did, but like he got down by so much because he helped out the other defense that he could only just throw bombs the rest of the game. And in field situation, he probably just ends up running the entire time. Sure. I I could definitely see that. Uh, You know what? The one that you don't have in here, but I don't know who I would kick them in front of is 
the Bears, and I know the Browns are going to run, 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 but that, if that, they have, that, that's, no, no, no. that's the whole thing. Like, even if they're down Odell, they're not with Landry. I think that they're going to try to run the ball 55 times, and that's just not conducive for yeah. any fantasy defense to me. I just don't want to take that. And that's why I brought him up. And yeah. I don't disagree with you, but I brought him up because I have a feeling somebody's going to ask. I have a feeling somebody's going to be like, where are the Bears? Are people like in on the Bears defense? Like they're always the Bears have that mystique. It's one of those ones that just carries through years after years after years. It's just that mystique of like the Bears defense puts up fantasy points and they're always good and it's a tough matchup. So it's not always true, but you know, it's the similar it's the mystique that you get cast on for a lot of things on the flip side is like nobody's good in this team. So like why do we Brandon Cooks? Like we go back to that. Why is nobody like Brandon Cooks despite what he does year after year after year? It's perception. Perception often rules and it shouldn't. Agreed. Jake Seeley. You know the, what rules? Volume. volume. Volume is king. Volume is pretty good. I've heard that. Efficiency and volume. There. And now you're now you're talking. I about, fixed oh. your defense rankings too. Oh, did you? Oh, thank you. You're gonna have to once we get off here. You're <laughs> gonna actually have to show me how to do this because I have no clue what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for watching the Pat Mayo Experience. Smash the like. Tell me where you'd rank Mike Williams and sub to the channel. You can find all the rankings now updated with. Easy to read numbers. Thanks to Jake Seeley on DKNation.com. Uh, I'm going to have to get them to send you a check for that. Uh, you know, that's editor work right there. I think it's super high paying, but it's money nonetheless. Uh, thank you to everyone watching on Game TV. If you're looking for Jake's rankings, they're out uh, every midnight on Tuesdays. Uh, that would be like Wednesday yes. morning, Tuesday evening, not Monday night. You know what I'm talking about. On TheAthletic.com. He has his waiver column up there too. Plus, Bets TV, all in football, three days a week with Jake Seeley. Tell the peoples about that. Yeah, Mondays are the recap show, 10 a.m. Eastern, all Easterns, with Chris Meany, friend of this network, of course, friend of yours, friend of ours, uh, living up there. And then Tuesdays with another friend of yours, Stepmom Lauren, who does your Sunday shows and a lot for you. That's uh, the waiver show at 11 a.m. And then Wednesday is when we do our ranks, doing with Jeff Ratcliffe at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. All right, so go check that out and sub to that channel. If you're looking for more fantasy football content, fantasy football picks and bets, you can subscribe to that podcast on Mayo Media Network. It's more short-form stuff, but a wide range of everything going on, whether it's a Thursday night preview, a Monday night preview, early DraftKings look with Pete Overzet is up right now. More waivers, more injuries, start sits, everything you want. It's all up on that feed in the video version on Mayo Media Network right now as well. Thanks for watching. Good luck this week. I'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.